0: Hey guys, welcome back to Break the Gate podcast. We got Taylor Flynn, who's an artist manager. Uh, Taylor, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, could you go into a little bit of how you got started in artist management? I know you've done some uh, booking as well, and you're also some digital media things. Can you go a little bit into that?
1: Yeah. um, So, I guess I'll start back in the beginning. So, back in high school, um, I used to go to a bunch of shows. And I specifically, there's like a very specific moment um, that I remember I was seeing a band called The Um, Main. I'm not sure if you know them, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 2012. It was like one of their first like big tours they did. But um, I just remember like feeling so like at home in the crowd and the energy and, you know, that feeling you get um, at a show. And like in my like 13-year-old head, I was like, I want to be on the other side of this. I want to... Um, uh, you know, be on the other side of presenting this feeling and being a part of, of this whole world. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of the inception of that. Um then I went to College of Charleston and I studied arts management, and then they had a minor and it was called Music Industry Concentration. Um, so we did a lot of classes that way, and then my professor was actually in Hooting the Blowfish, and he had mentioned oh, that sir. he needed an intern. Yeah, his name's Mark Bryan, um, he's a guitarist. And he mentioned he needed an intern and I was a freshman at the time and he really wanted like a junior, I guess, because that's how they gave like college credit. But I was like, no, like I want to do it. Like, let me do it. And he's like, OK. Um, so he kind of took me under his wing and I started learning a lot from him. He managed a few uh, local bands and some bigger ones. And that's kind of how I got started there. And then in my class, um, there were a lot of local bands like in the music industry classes as well. And my teacher had always said, look around because you're going to work with all these people next to you. And I was like, yeah, okay, like whatever. Teachers are are just saying that. Um, But yeah, I ended up I graduated early. I was going to go to Belmont for grad school and study music business there. And I decided to take a year off and try and start my own business and ran into (laughs) I was actually at our local college bar, ran into um, a guy named Brennan, he was in a band called Whitehall and he was like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Like, how's graduate life? And I was like, Oh, you know, just trying to manage bands or kind of figure out what I'm doing. he's like, well, we need a manager. Like, would you be down to talk about it? And me having, you know, no actual experience or anything on my own, but I was like, yeah, of course, like I can be your manager. Like, let's do it. Let's get a coffee tomorrow. Um, and that's kind of how I started getting into that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. And sometimes that's how it happens. So it's just, you kind of fall into it, you know? Yeah, that's really cool, though. So it's interesting because uh, you definitely did the educational aspect of the music side versus some, you know, people do the uh, just experience, you know, didn't go to school for it. So it's really cool to see the, uh, the differences and and know that, you know, on the outside perspective, there's multiple avenues to go. Uh, have you felt that the uh, being in college has helped you um, kind of understand the the music as a whole? Uh, in terms of managing
1: yeah i mean definitely um for more of the sort of you know like the contracts and that sort of thing um we learned mm-hmm. that but if as far as like practical experience i mean i would say i'm mostly like self-taught because um, sure. you're not gonna you're not gonna say in class be like here's how you manage a band like step one right. um, here's how to book a show like from the ground up for you know a band that no one's ever heard of um right. so it's kind of it was cool because I did get to like mix that you know formal education with really it's just going out and doing it and learning as you go. Um, yeah. Say, yeah. Most things in in music are you know where you're at, who you're talking to,
0: exactly um, who
1: they know, um, yeah. and what you can you know offer them and pretend you can offer them and then go home and and figure out right. how to do it and Google <laughs> how to book a tour, um, which right. I did a few times. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah,
0: it almost gives you kind of a a little bit of a, a backbone, like a um. Good habits almost, you know, yeah. whereas, you know, somebody who didn't go to school and it's just kind of doing it because they started booking local bands and then now they're, you know, trying to get to this, this and that, you know, they may have developed kind of more or less bad habits because they're learning everything on their own. You know, so they yeah. as they get higher up, they have to try to work out of those bad habits and and conform to what industry standard is. So you've Definitely. got a little bit of that competitive edge almost because you've got this this slate of like, this is how I know, know it's supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this foundation. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um so on that, what do you think are some of the skills uh and qualities that somebody should have to be an artist manager or even get into
1: booking? resilience, I guess. Um, Because booking, I mean, you can send out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails. And I'm sure, I mean, this is the same, you know, on all sides, even on the artist side, if you know you're pitching yourself, you're going to send so many emails. You're lucky if you get one back. Um, The first tour that I booked, it was for that band. They're, They're still around. They're called Whitehall um okay, yeah. but yeah they had wanted to meet about managing they're like okay so we want to go on tour and they'd like never sure. toured before and i was like yeah i got you like i can book you a month tour. and then ran home googled how to book a tour and just <laughs> sent i mean i sent thousands of emails sure. and uh, of course it gets easier you know as you get a big like establish these relationships and you're a bigger artist but you know for a band from charleston south carolina that wants to go play in brooklyn and no one's ever heard of you um yeah. Yeah. So ended up, yeah, we ended up doing like a three week tour there, which is really cool. But yeah, was, again, just emailing, 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 following up because everyone, you know, everyone's human. It's like you get a lot of emails that you might not answer. And then imagine these venues right. are getting, you know, hundreds of bands that want to play shows. Absolutely. Um, so like just following up. And then, um, then when you finally get like that one show or someone answers, it's so exciting that makes all the yeah. emails worth it. Um, yeah. and that was also, I'd say that's one of the coolest things about, uh, kind of how I was like I have full service. So I do everything from, you know, I would book the tours, but then I would also go on the tours. Um, mm. so that was like really fulfilling for me to be like, whoa, like I'm in Canada right now, but I was sitting at home in Charleston, like emailing all these venues. Um, sure, sure. yeah, seeing it come to fruition is really cool, but yeah, definitely just like not giving up and falling up and falling up and falling up and, falling up. and on Absolutely. the management side, um, same about like what I need from my artists. Like, hey, I need you to send me, you know, this MP3 or whatever. You know, they're busy too, so then it's like
0: calling
1: right. up again. So just kind of like staying on top of things and really sticking with it. Um, is yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely Absolutely. a skill that you need.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think you know, as you mentioned earlier, especially with bands who you know these venues may not have heard before you kind of had to be resilient with them, you know, cause like you said, they get hundreds of emails, all these sort of bands, you know, their email f- format's weird, you know, they're sending all these uh, unnecessary information. They're writing an essay, you know, that yeah. kind of thing, you know, so it, it's being able to know how to, you know, how to talk to the venues, how to follow up, when to follow up, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and uh,
1: A good like intro booking email. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I get a bunch of emails from bands who need management, and then it'll just be, like, this massive thing, which is, like, awesome, and I'd love to read it and, love like, love to know about you, but when you just get, sure. like, this whole thing, it's, like, essentially, they want to know where you're from, how many people can you bring, have you played here before, what do you sound like, here's a video. Right. And, and your social links, As concise yeah. as possible. Like, two Absolutely. sentences. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So this goes a little bit into the next question in in terms of digital media. um, What are some of the kind of essential elements of a successful digital media strategy?
1: Digital media strategy. It's, it's, let's see.
0: I know it's a heavy
1: question. Yeah, there's so many different (laughs) ways that can go, but I think the
0: core
1: core part of it is connection. So I always say like every, every piece of content you put out is the opportunity to make a connection with someone. Um, especially the artists and the fan side, because that's essentially, you're creating a relationship for those fans that want to, you know, engage and they get value from your music and then they're like, you're giving them value from, you know, like engaging with them, talking to them and just like the authenticity. Cause everyone can post like a beautiful crafted video of them singing, but it's like, Hey, I want to see you like laughing and having a beer like before the show and, you know, being human and kind of creating that actual connection or like on tour. I love, like, I always tell like my artists, Hey, post like where you're having lunch. Cause maybe, you know, a bunch of your fans that live in that city probably love to go to that restaurant and it'll sure. be an connection for them. And they'll be like, wow, like I can't believe my favorite band's eating at Like this restaurant I go to all the yeah. time. And it's just like another like level to um, that like digital relationship that you create.
0: Absolutely. Maybe post it after you've left. Especially yeah were, yeah right yeah because <laughs> you're just gonna a hundred people show up to this restaurant hoping to see their favorite band <laughs> yeah. and then the restaurant owner owners be pissed uh, yeah. So. <laughs> we're psyched. yeah yeah we're psyched yeah you're right it depends yeah you're absolutely right uh, so in terms of like, uh, talking to people, you know, that's, I think, you know, connecting with people is a very big component of being in a band. Um, it has to, you have to kind of stand out a little bit more that way and, you know, make sure that you're developing a relationship. Um, how do you, how do you necessarily, how do you promote, uh, um, reword this, how do you approach networking with, uh, record labels, uh, festivals and venues? Um, it, you find that there's a, uh, there's a big, big value to that. Uh, I mean how would you go about doing that as somebody who's just in a band trying to book their shows?
1: I always say, just talk to everyone possible. You yeah. have no idea who's standing next to you. Um, and so that's kind of like when I like work festivals or whenever I go to shows, I just like try and talk to people and like, even just like say, Hey, and then if it goes further yeah. than that and then, Hey, what do you do? Oh, I know this person who knows this person. And then like, I was just in Nashville a couple weeks ago uh, working. It's called reset Fest. Yep. Um, I was just there, but then would go to a bar after and then talk to like some person sitting alone next to you. And then we have a bunch yeah. of mutual friends and then we ended up working together on things and it's kind of just putting yourself out there and not being just like not being afraid. And then especially for yeah. artists, like, maybe if you are shy, you sort of, I mean, you're playing a character in sort of a way and like marketing yourself because you are the product essentially. Right. But even just, like, being kind to people, being genuine, and then, again, just talking to as many people as you can because you never know who it is or what that can lead to. Or, or you could just have a new friend. It doesn't matter if maybe you don't get, you know, a record deal out of it. You have a new friend yeah. or someone who appreciates your music or, you know, connection on some level.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I can <laughs> test that a little bit. So I'm going I to... Just- so we shared a little bit of a similarity on some of our experience So you worked with, worked to her for summer, right? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I had worked a ton of dates with them, uh, under Sierra. Um, oh, cool. yeah, yeah. So I, we might've actually crossed paths at some point cause you were I working in like 2018 so small, so or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, so because of that, you know, uh, I've been able to meet a lot of cool people, a lot of agents, managers, that type of thing. And, you know, I got out of the industry for a little bit. I was doing shows. I was a manager, you know. um, I did a little bit of everything. I was stagehand for different um, music festivals like Bonnaroo, Electric Forest, (laughs) you know. Yeah. So... When I got out of that, I still maintained a lot of these friends, you know, and, you know, I would talk with them every once in a while. But because of that, I've been able to use that to kind of get my podcast going, because a lot of the people that I've had on the podcast are people that I have associated with in some capacity. So I guess the moral of the story is you never really know how the connection could happen later on down the line you know you just make that connection anyway and if you develop a friendship out of it great if you develop a working relationship out of it even better you know it it's it's just a matter of like you said just talking to people cuz you And you especially with,
1: with touring too that's like one of the best things about you know having friends in in the touring industry. You never know when like you're you're gonna be in the same city. Or yeah. I just went and saw I went and saw a band called Secrets in Nashville a few weeks ago. Nice. Um, that were some of my friends, and then they played in Charleston last night. So and yeah. like I was randomly home like on this one day. Um, sure. Things like that happen all the time, and it's so cool to just like watch people grow. And be like, all right, well I'll see you in a year. Right. Um, right. So on the road, and then like learn what they've been up to. It's really it's really special, I think.
0: Absolutely. I haven't listened to Secrets in a Hot Minute.
1: I know. I, think I right? need to put them <laughs>
0: back on again. <laughs>
1: they were with it was them in Memphis Mayfire.
0: <laughs> oh, sick. Okay. Uh was Memphis Mayfire playing in Orlando yesterday? Yeah,
1: I think I think they played last night or yeah, tonight. Yeah, they
0: did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend that was at the show, so
1: That's so funny. Yeah, they yeah, were like
0: yeah.
1: the, I looked up to them so much when I was going to Warped Tour. And yeah. then it was cool to like circle back in this way and hang out with them. And they were like, oh, you're doing music stuff now. Like you always talked about it as a kid.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's so cool uh, that we've, you've got that connection with Warp Tour. And I, I'm pretty sure I threw this into this, um, this pre-question thing, but I want to just go right into it. What was that experience like, you know, and how did you get into that?
1: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been going to Warp Tour ever since. I think the first one I went to was like 2013. Okay. Um, and I'm 27 now, so that was like okay. ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, you know, my my parents would drive me to I lived in Ohio, so we'd do like the Cincinnati ones, and then they'd drive me to like yep. all the surrounding states. And um, I'm really lucky that they loved it too. Uh they wouldn't just yeah. drop me off; they'd like come in with me and like uh that would be really fun.
0: Did they but, take advantage yeah, of the uh the parents tent?
1: No, dude, they would be like they'd be like side stage hanging out with the band oh, and stuff. Hell yeah. I'd be, like, yeah, I'd be like running around like you know, doing the warp Tour, like all the yeah. things, all the meet and greets, and like my, my parents will text me, and they're oh like we're backstage like with the main like in the shade, and I'm like okay, <laughs> um, yeah, I was like sweet. Um, so that's also kind of where I got my like networking. Sure, kind of thing. sure. My dad will just walk up to like people and be like, hey, like are you guys playing today? And then it end up being like Pierce the Veil or like something, right? Something like that. But that's um, amazing. But yeah again just like going and then building those connections and talking and i would always been like i'd like to do this but that was like that was definitely one of the most like physical and emotionally exhausting experiences ever absolutely um, but taught me a lot like we'd have to carry i mean I, so i was doing merch and you just have yeah. like these crazy boxes and we'd be at crazy venues It'd be like 110 degrees um in the morning and then you'd have, like, a mile. There's one – I forget where we were. Somewhere in Colorado, I think. But it was, like, a mile walk from the buses yeah. to the fairgrounds. And yeah. uh, I was, like, well, I don't really have a choice. Like, I have to carry this. So I'm just, like, going to sure. do it. Um, and, like, still to this day, like, when I have to do, like, things like that. Um, yeah. That are, like – I don't know. I can't think of it. Just, like, heavy things or, like, things like that. I'm, like, I don't have choice. Got to do it. Uh, right. Because – you just had to do it. And yeah, that's, I still think about that all the time.
0: It's, it's almost like a uh, industry summer camp. You know what I mean? Yep. You, you, it, it, or a boot camp, even, because you're like all the worst conditions, you know, whether it's cold or hot, you're going through all of them, you know, and you're outside. It's not like you're showing up to a venue and, you know, you're loading on the stage, you know, that's inside.
1: And then it's, yeah, and, with a bunch yeah. of stage hands.
0: Right. With a bunch of stage hands, you're doing it all yourself. <laughs> Yeah. So it's cool because it allows you to kind of, you know, when you do other things, you know, it makes you go back and say like, okay, it could be worse. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome, though. So in in terms of like the business side of things, uh, how do you approach, you know, contract negotiations and dealing with some of the existing and potential partners for an artist? Specifically, so like, even if it's like, if you're trying to say, okay, so if you're their manager and you're trying to get them an agent, you know, how do you negotiate that?
1: Um, I guess I, it, it would just kind of depend. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to answer this actually. Yeah. Like.
0: That's what I strive for. It's a question <laughs> that stump you. <laughs> I mean,
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just like so many different, different ways it could go, but sure. essentially, I mean, it's, sh- it should be a mutually beneficial partnership, obviously. Um, but. I guess in that case, it's like what can you do for us the most, um, right? But then, like, definitely like looking at their history and then like figuring it out, or then if you have other people who've worked with them, like, hey, like what like what deal are you getting? Um, yeah. And then also like not selling yourself short either. Um, right.
0: Yeah, it, I think that's a big component too, because it's it's really hard for bands to figure out how not to sell themselves short. Sell themselves short. You know, yeah, I still it's, like it's hard to with figure it, that out. Yeah, yeah,
1: I struggle with that because I do photography and videography as well, which is actually kind of how I got started in like touring and most of that. But sure. it's hard when these when you're working with smaller bands and they, they're like, okay, well, we don't have a budget. I'm like, okay, right. well, it hurts me to like not get paid, obviously. But then yep. like, I'm not going to give up the opportunity to do this because I'm not going to get paid because then eventually, eventually, eventually you'll get the paying gigs from that. Absolutely. Uh, but then, yeah, that's always been a tough thing. And like, okay, well, I know I should charge this much, but I know you only have this much, so like, I'll do it.
0: Yeah, um, and that's a little bit of the artist development too, you know. And that sounds like that's it's more of the realm that you're in, which kudos because yeah. <laughs> it is <laughs> it sucks sometimes. <laughs> um, but that I think that also shows a little bit of who you are as a person. You know, you're you're a fan first. You know, yeah. You just have that business mentality that most other, you know, fans or musicians or whatever uh, don't have. So you've yeah. been able to kind of, you know, work that in, um, in into what you're doing.
1: And just um, like the belief yeah. in the belief in people. So I always say like my yeah. dream is like helping your dream come true, which is sure. like why I'll do all these things for you. And like, obviously, I'm going to back who I like, who I work with 100%. Um, but even like my friends will be playing cover gigs at bars. And I'll be like, Hey, check out like his original music on Spotify. And I do yeah. that all the time. And I'll like plug my friends when, when we're like out of the bars yeah. and stuff. They're like, Taylor, like calm down. I'm like, no, you're good. Like everyone needs to hear about you. And they're right. like, this is why you're manager.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm going to actually back up a little bit. Cause you mentioned that your parents were, uh, big into the music. Did yeah. they do anything? Uh, music wise before, or was it just, no, they just they love just, music.
1: Yeah. They like, yeah, they also like, they still go like sea guns and roses on like all their tours and they're that's always amazing. on a show still. But, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> is that, so you said that's how you got introduced to just music in general is to your parents?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. I'd always have like Van Halen playing on the speakers when I was <laughs> yeah. growing up. And oh, sure. That.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, were your parents like big vinyl collectors or?
1: No, no, really just
0: people. CDs, nothing. They just kind of oh, played whatever CDs. Yeah. Also, okay.
1: All the posters. My dad has like, he can like kind of play guitar, but not like not sure. really play. He can hack on it, but he has like all yeah. the Eddie Van Halen amps, like all the collectible sure. guitars and all that.
0: That's but amazing. I,
1: yeah. I'm really lucky that they started to like the music that I like. Like my dad loves like real friends and right. And all that. that's, that's <laughs> dope. really fun. Yeah. Yeah
0: it's cool to have that, that support system, you know, because a lot of people don't, yeah. you know, it, it's, it, and, you know, it becomes challenging when you come to your parents and say, Hey, I want to get into a business that I could potentially fail in, you know, just because I love doing it. You know, because yeah. a lot of parents are like, you're just throwing away your life. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But it sounds like your parents were like, hell yeah, do it. You know?
1: Yeah. I've been, I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. So yeah, after college, um you know i didn't do like the traditional like office job or whatever and i was like hey i think i'm gonna like start touring and this was touring like sleeping on the floor like maybe making five bucks at the show kind of touring yes Um, i did that for like three years straight (laughs) and they were always super supportive and you know they would like buy us hotels some nights which is really really nice Uh, nice. because you know that wears on you sleeping on the floor yeah it really does builds character yeah, I would never take that experience back for the world. But thinking yeah. about that, man, how did we do that? Yeah, for sure. Your months that's, on end.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's cool though. Um, so, in terms of booking shows or even you know, could you you did you were a promoter at one point too? Um,
1: <laughs> I've yeah. done yeah, pretty much yeah. all of the.
0: How do you, uh, what are some of the responsibilities in, in doing that stuff? You know, they, it, it, I guess, so there's two different angles, I guess, you could look at that, at this question. Uh, for the promoter aspect, uh, what are some of the responsibilities that you, you have um, when dealing with, um, you know, like scheduling and coordination, production, promotion, all that stuff?
1: I mean, yeah, essentially, well, like, it's different, though, because I would have to, for most of, like, these projects, I would be doing, like, literally everything from the initial outreach to, like, being there and settling a show. But, like, so, you'd book the show and then get the contract and then, well, usually I'd have to find, like, the local bands, too, if we were on tour, Mm -hmm. so do all that and then… The show and then get like everyone in a group chat and get all that, and then make the post. Then I'd have to design the poster, and then I'd get the ticket links up, and then you know, obviously, market it, get like flyers printed, try and get a street team, um, in whatever city that we were in, and then just get it in front of as many people as possible. Maybe like reach out to radio stations, do a contest, reach out to colleges, like ticket giveaways, yeah. um, have the bands like record videos and send it to the venues, kind of, yeah, anything anything at all to like get it in front of people. And you know, whether that was 10 people that showed up that never heard of them or like a couple hundred. Yeah. Uh, still most of that, most of that grit that you have to put in at the beginning.
0: Sure, absolutely. What different venues have you worked with as a promoter?
1: Uh, so I worked at the music farm in Charleston it was like the okay. main venue, but I mean, yeah. as like a independent promoter, it just kind of, kind of all over the country.
0: Sure, okay. <laughs> just wherever you can place things
1: yeah
0: yeah that's kind of how it was for me too because i was running a company called uh, eternity booking um and we would just uh we would book tours and we would also help place dates for other bands and uh, what we ended up doing is we would work with um some of the the smaller venues in the different areas different states and then we would kind of become their more their in-house and then we would have a local promoter that would be the day to day promoter for the different yeah. uh, shows, but we would come in and and kind of offer the packages to them. So that way, it kind of closed that gap a little bit, and it allowed the venue to be able to get more artists in the door and more people in the door. Totally. So, and it, it's a it's a complicated process, you know. Um yeah. and It's also.
1: I think with, like, DIY booking, because, I mean, how I would start doing it is, like, being on Facebook groups and stuff, being like, hey, we're coming to Philly, we need, like, some bands, but then, like, you know, it grow, like, relationships with those bands, and it's like, yep. hey, I have another artist I'm managing and booking for that wants to come through Philly, like, can you guys yeah. play? And then, um, it'd be really fun, because I could just package, like, all my different bands, but with yes. kind of, like, the same locals in different times. Right. But there's a band out of Toronto, they're called Cold Tea, um okay beautiful singer she's kind of like it's kind of like phoebe bridger is just acoustic. okay sure. um but she's amazing and just so sweet but every time i go to toronto i'd be like hey <laughs> have another band for you and she'd always be <laughs> like, like um but it was always so fun to get to go watch her because i really really love her music
0: <laughs> yeah and show swapping is like the best way to yep. network and you know and uh kind of share each other's you know contacts that kind of thing yeah. and it, it helps. You know, that's how a lot of artists uh, get on tour, you know, at show swapping. So um, could you go into a little bit about uh, maximizing some of the artist profits through like uh, merchandise inventory management and sales negotiations with venues, particularly one with merch cuts? I know you got a little bit of experience in uh, merchandising, Uh, so I'm sure that helps a lot with, you know, talking to artists. Could you go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, well, so um I guess for I guess if people don't know, most of your money you're gonna make on tour is gonna be from your merch. And that kind of starts with, I'm lucky we found a really awesome company in Charleston that I've been working with for about three years now. But like the very first thing you gotta do is get a good merch company that's not gonna, you know, overcharge you. Find someone that believes in you and that will like continue to work with you. Um and let's see so kind of start there and then um are you talking about like sorry i kind of lost my train of thought there like okay. merch, cut, merch cuts like when the venue is going to take it or like just in general how do yeah
0: they- so yeah so the the merch cuts was when the venue takes and that's just kind of a highlighted component of this particular question you know and it could be anything from like uh drop shipping or you know um you know pre-order stuff you know that kind of thing like how do you how do you get the most out of your merch by working with the different components
1: yeah okay so most out of your merch what we have learned is definitely ordering like i like to order in bulk and i'd rather oh, cool. have more than less because um like the past few tours like we'd end up having to do like a rush drop ship because we were like oh like maybe you know, we won't need as much as we think we will. And I always say, get more because you're going to need it eventually. Um, sure. Which, if you have the money up front to do, of course. Right. Um, but again, the more, you, the more you get, the more you can make on it. So I like to do that right. instead of having to like continuously drop ship, which we end up having to do anyway. But um, yeah. pre-orders online are really good. Again, like I like to look at obviously like ticket sales in each city and figure out what we need of each thing. But I've... We've been doing pretty well with it. We always get really low on, like, you know, you're going to get low on, like, your mediums and largest. So, like, we always send more of those. Um, but, again, you got to pay, like, the shipping fees right? With, with that. So, we try not to do that. We've been pretty lucky with the venues not taking merch cuts, the ones we've been playing, at least recently. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's always tricky. Um, going to Canada and having to declare all your merch is always tricky. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Probably can't say anything more on here, but...
0: <laughs> well do you do you uh do you like raise your your prices a little bit to to account for that or
1: um no because it's i would say no it's like not really fair like i agree to the, to the fans right. um but again it's kind of good like if it, they're usually a bigger venues where we're making more money when we have the merch cut so that's like fine sure. but right right yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, there's, like, and supply and demand, too. If we are running out of stuff, I'll mark everything up, like, five or ten bucks, because it's, like, the only ones left. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Or, and now, then, so again, another, just, like, another thing that I see bands starting out with is getting, I think something very important is getting quality merch. It's, like, spend ten more or whatever, maybe, like, three more dollars to get a comfort color shirt instead of, sure. you know, the crappy one, because yep. your fans, hopefully, it's a shirt that they're going to have forever and keep wearing and wearing and then as yeah. just a good shirt they're going to want to buy another one and another one and another one yep. um so that's definitely worth it and to charge people five more dollars or whatever your price breaks are going to be um definitely worth it to get good merch especially what now. i was going to
0: get to next yeah yeah
1: people are putting out like big merch lines like uh i don't know you know grayscale yeah yeah their merch is always so cool like they're doing yeah. really, really cool stuff and it's n- it's definitely not just t-shirts anymore
0: right right yeah and I was I was gonna get to it in terms of finding unique things you know how how do you approach that as an artist to try to minimize cost do you do you do direct uh to consumer or is it is it you know more of like a bulk thing you know if somebody wants to do a bunch of hats do you recommend yeah, so, order them all ahead or
1: um So, yeah. So, like, I like to work. I've been working with, you know, our merch guy and kind of figuring out if I see, you know, another band has something. go, be like, okay cool. Like, how can we do it this way? Um, And then I'll send it to our designer and then he'll mock it up. And then I'll just I'm glad I I have a really good relationship with our with our merch. So I'll like text him. I'll be like, dude, I just saw like this person wearing this kind of thing. It's like embroidered. Like, how can we do this? And then um, he'll work it out. And then they have good relationships with other people so he can kind of like get the best price breaks and whatever. But like, I'll always send him like, I saw like pool towels the other day and I was like, we should do that. Or like That's any cool. like random little idea. Um, I, yeah. And I feel like it's so important to like bring something unique because like everyone has t-shirts. Yeah. It's like, what else can you bring? Um, I agree. we have some like really cool stuff I think we're doing for the fall. I want to do like corduroy, like bucket hats. I think will be cool.
0: Hell yeah. Corduroy coming back.
1: Yeah. Just like just like fun things too, and then like I kind of like the world that merch is going to, where like it doesn't have to be like an aggressive like band, like right, right, Uh, right. It can be like kind of more like oh, like where'd you get that? And then you're like oh, it's like it's this band.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, that's cool. Um, So in terms of prices, though, uh, what are some of the prices, price points that people should expect when when working with uh, merch? Or even as a uh, dropshipper of some sort.
1: As far as, like, how much each thing is? I mean... I- yeah,
0: just a general consensus like or general idea of, like, okay, so it's, like, um, if you're doing dropshipping, it's 10% uh, of whatever the price is, you know, or something like that. Is that something that's normal or what are some of the things that you run into?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it, I mean, it really is all just like so situational, like depending on sure. like where it's coming from or how many things or like, you know, your hats are going to be probably cheaper to ship than all of your T-shirts or like your sweatshirts. Sweatshirts sure. are always very expensive um, to make and then to sell. But again, that is going to be one of your highest like grossing things because they are going to be more expensive. Um right. Yeah. I, sorry. That's hard to answer just because it's all so.
0: No, I know. Well, that's, that's, that's why I asked the questions because it, <laughs> it's a question a lot of people have, you know, and, and, and for the same reason, it's because it's hard to, it's hard to answer, you know, yeah. it, it's all situational. And that's why I have this podcast so I can talk <laughs> to different people and get their thoughts and then people can kind of develop their own you know, ideology of it, you know, their own, it's more or less research, you know, it's like yeah. Googling, you know, something that you did, you know, getting into this, you Googled a lot of the stuff, you know, and this is a podcast that does the work for you. Essentially.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So could you provide some more examples on how you've engaged with, um, fans more or less to kind of enhance the image of the bands through social media?
1: Yeah, so there's an app. It's called Community, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like when bands, like, essentially, or even, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, Beyonce has one. But it's your own phone number that you get. So every artist or, you know, whoever, you get a profile, you get your own phone number. And so you can put it out there, and then people will text. And then when they sign up, you get their location, their age, their birthday, some other, like, random demographics. Um, And so from the artist side, um say you're playing show in like Orlando, you can go through and see all these people who signed up and you can filter it through um City. So yeah. hey, pre-sale code or mm-hmm. hey Orlando, we're doing this or um something I like to do when we play in Charleston. So the band I manage like the main one I'm managing right now, they're from Charleston. Um, okay. And we just played a show a couple months ago and it's sold out and nice. like a couple days before. And so, like, the morning of, I, like, got on community and I was, like, and I filtered to Charleston. I was, like, hey, Charleston, like, who wants a ticket? And then, like, people were, like, responding. I was, like, okay, I'm going to go hide one. I was just sitting at a coffee shop and I was, like, okay, I'm going to go hide one. Um, So, I went and, like, hit a ticket at a coffee shop and then, like, five minutes later, someone came in and got it. That's Um, But Yeah, it's, like, a super fun, like, way to first, like, be really personal and interact with people um, on, like, a level that's beyond social media because you're texting. Um, I agree and...
0: SMS SMS marketing is yeah so like crazy cool and a lot of people aren't doing it and I was talking to somebody yeah. on the podcast his name is Evan Bailey he's the director of marketing um, for um, Disco Donnie um, Disco Donnie is mainly out of um, Dallas but they've kind of spread out a little bit they worked with third string um, for so what nice. festival
1: yeah
0: um, and he was mentioning how SMS marketing is kind of their key driver for uh, engagements. Yeah, uh, and, and he's favorite. so right. Cause there's a band called FlipTurn um, who yeah. I, yeah, I have signed up through their community and I get their notifications and I love it because Wait, it's that's soon crazy. As a, yeah.
1: yeah. FlipTurn Flip turn used to, they like used to open for like our band. like oh, back no in sure. Yeah. And they're under like our booking agency and, um, everything okay. in Charleston and I remember like sitting, we were sitting in like the booking office
0: because yeah. I worked
1: at the agency for a little bit and, uh, my boss was like, you should like, you know, right, this band's going to blow up. Like here's our demo. I'm like, yeah, every band's going to blow up. And then it's left right now. And like, I love that you just mentioned them. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. 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 I saw them playing in Milwaukee. Um, this was a year ago, maybe. Yeah. And they were playing at a, a collectivo uh, or backroom at collectivo. It was like a 250 cap venue. Yeah. And it like sold out. Um, And uh, it, and I was like, okay, this band's going to go somewhere. They're very tight. You know, they've got everything together. It seems like so management fun. is doing, yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> so fun. Management knows what the fuck they're doing. You know, uh, it seems like, so they're, they're a booking Shout agent. Out Sam
1: can... <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I I could tell that this that they were different, you know? They weren't yeah. like the typical other bands that you've seen. And then you could tell because a year later, they're now playing, you know, Red Rocks and, you know, doing major yeah. festivals. Mount and yeah. yeah, Mount Joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which such a cool lineup. Uh, they fit perfectly with that lineup. Um,
1: yeah, i got to yeah, make it up to those. <laughs> it,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I've never been to Red Rocks, so... and. Dude, it's, I want to go so bad. I was going to go out for, yeah, I was going to go out for Revolution, but uh, didn't end up doing it, um, going to Tennessee instead. But anyway, um, okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway, so back to what I was saying, sorry. ADHD, yeah, community yeah. <laughs> yeah, community is great. Community is great, yeah. So, and it's fun
1: to just, like, I love, um, like, it'll show you people's birthdays. And so, yeah. uh, like, text them happy birthday. Like, how cool is that? Your favorite band text you happy birthday like personally with your name.
0: Sure, does, that's again that, like the connection. Right? Does that cost a lot, or is it like pretty reasonable?
1: Uh, I think it's like I think it's like ninety nine dollars a year. Or okay. A month. Uh, I actually don't remember, but it it's difference. definitely reasonable. And then yeah, <laughs> like, you do limited run merch sales on there. Okay. For it, you can do pre sale tickets, obviously. Sure. Um, but I love to do, like, we'll drop, like, random, like, mixtapes that, like, aren't going to come out on Spotify and, like, get that or, yeah, maybe, yeah. like, the first 10 people to text get, like, 10% off merch or, like, something like that that, like, you know, they right. feel the point is that you're making them feel special and, like, and it's ex- giving them something exclusive, which you are, and yep. they are special if they sign up, but, again, it's, like.
0: Right, right. Yeah. It's, like, a psych- yeah. psychological thing. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, does it have like the nine digit numbers and the five digit numbers available? Cause I know the nine digit ones are usually cheaper, but the five digit ones, like it takes like a couple months to get, it's expensive. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah? I'm not sure. I know we just have, we like have a normal phone number and it has like the Charleston area code, which is cute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Cause I, I, I'm just curious. Cause I feel like uh, the five digit numbers are easier to remember. You know, and it might be easier to promote, too, especially if, like, you're on stage and you're just like, hey, guys, real quick, text this to this. And then you'll just get subscribed. We're about to release an album or a single. You'll know when it drops. You know, and it's, like, easy, you know, because people are already going to have their phones out anyway, whether they're recording the concert or whatever. It's super easy to just kind of get that connection right there, you know. So.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: SMS marketing. It's right it's-
1: yeah I was I was in New York uh I think like last week and I guess I'd signed up for this I forget the artist but someone's super random and then yeah. I like got a text it was like hey DJing at this rooftop tonight." and I was like I was like why were you texting me first
0: <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so I uh I, I love uh Bert Kreischer um he's one of my favorite comedians and he has a community and sometimes like I feel super cool because like his name will pop up on my phone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I got bird Crash's number.
1: Like, yeah, no big deal. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. But it's, it's not. I just like to feel cool sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what are some of the other platforms that you use for your artists? I noticed a lot of people are using different types of like... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a one-stop shop, I guess. Like Linktree is one. Linktree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, ha- have, you, have you noticed any other ones that have helped a lot? I've noticed like in terms of connecting platforms, you have to find one that is seamless, uh, especially if you tag it on like TikTok or Instagram. Because yeah, Sometimes no, you'll, you'll go, go to, to, these... the,
1: other, to do the other.
0: Yep, exactly. And some of these ones don't, the integration isn't seamless when working with Spotify, which is a big component yeah. to pushing your your digital media. Because uh, like you'll you'll click the link for Spotify, it'll bring you to a web browser, then you got to log into Spotify. And then it's, most yeah. people are not going to do those extra steps, you know?
1: Yeah. So yeah, with like the pre-saves and stuff, I think right. we... Um, what do we even use? I think we use like one RPM to make it makes our link and everything. It's pretty. Spotify's true. integration with like bands in town, and then now you can sell your merch on Spotify, has been so great.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, that's true.
1: And they have. I think they have something else. I think they have like PayPal on Spotify now too.
0: Um, oh, where you can. I don't know
1: if they still do, but I remember during COVID, it would like pop up that you could like donate to the bands, which was really cool.
0: That is true. You're right. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's still there. I think yeah. they haven't phased it out. Maybe they realize that there's a value to it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, because uh, it, it's that's one of the biggest things, especially if you have a, a if you blow up on TikTok, you know, you know, and like the band Rivals, you know, out of California, they they but blew yeah, up. I was yeah, just yeah.
1: That.
0: <laughs> oh no shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, it's weird how many times that there's like a connection there. Uh yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was talking to Trevor Swenson, uh, who was, um, uh, ran Artery, um, and now is the company's called Dynamic Talent International, and they do a bunch of different bands from like post-hardcore to K-pop. Um, yeah. but anyway, so we were talking about, uh, some of the different examples, uh, for, uh, blowups, TikTok blowups, and he mentioned Rivals you know and it's yeah. like oh i remember when they were just playing local shows and they were just you know trying they were just grinding away and then all of a sudden it just just overnight just boom it's so crazy know,
1: it's like it is yeah and a lot but, of uh, these like oh sorry go ahead
0: no 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 go ahead yeah i just ramble
1: No, i'm just like thinking about like the TikTok machine and like yeah. so like it like that's why like all the young kids are popping off because like it's like ingrained in them to do like social media Sure. Um, whereas like, you know, some older artists, like, or it depends on how you think about it, but they're like, Oh, we have to take TikToks. Like, I don't want to do that, but like, you right. have to. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I come in, but like, there's only so much I can do. That's like not it, other than like me, like sitting there and like filming myself singing your song. Like, no, sure.
0: <laughs> right right
1: but, um, yeah, again, that's like something that's like willing to, it's like the biggest tool ever. If you can meet it where it needs you to put in your yeah. work. Uh,
0: Have you found that there's, like, a value in doing, like, influencer marketing, you know, as, yeah. uh, as a band?
1: Um, yeah, definitely, like, I mean, influencers in general are obviously, sure. like, the best thing you can do for marketing. But, like, right. getting someone cool to say that your shit is cool. Yeah, uh, Is cool. Is cool. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> um, that's just, I mean, that's just kind of how things go, too. Um right. like, you know, if your cool friend is like at the bar, like, hey, like listen to this band, you'd be like, Oh, you're cool, like I bet they're cool and then you see someone, you know, on TikTok with, you know, a TikTok personality, whoever, you probably like already in your mind, you like already think you know them and you've like trusted their recommendations before. They play yeah. a song, you're like, Okay like sure, I'd love to check out this band that this person that I look up to likes.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. It's a vouching. It's a virtual yeah. vouching.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Virtual.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Sometimes, sometimes things come out that sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Um So. It, how about, like, uh, release strategies? Uh, how, what, some of the, what are some of the release strategies you found value in? I mean, are there, people have mentioned, like, the waterfall release strategy. You know, there's, like, like all these different ones. Yeah, yeah, everybody's come with all different types. What are some of the ones that you found value in?
1: I mean, again, just, like, the TikTok thing. Yeah. Like, you're sitting there. You pick, like, your one part of your song that's catchy. And then you just make the TikTok every single day, every single day, yeah. every single day. Like, no matter what you're doing, you play the same part of it. And then eventually it'll catch on and catch on and then by the time the song comes out there should be i mean this guy uh you know brayden bales yeah. yeah yeah so like he like his one tiktok blew up and then his song got like two million plays like in the first yep. like day it came out right, uh,
0: right. crazy
1: just insane yeah. but that's just like kind of how you have to do it or my right. uh my friend uh he goes by it's baby jake and exactly. uh that's like his artist name. He had like a, he had one viral TikTok song, Cigarettes on Patios, but he has yeah. an album coming out. And so every day he does like an outfit check, um, with like one of the songs in the background, it'll be like 27 days till my album comes out. And then 26 days when it's just like him fit checking.
0: That's but dope.
1: That's like, fun to see and yeah, it keeps yeah. and then you know eventually like you'll see it It'll be like oh three days till the album comes out oh i should probably oh the album's out i've been seeing this for the past month i should probably yeah. listen to it
0: <laughs> right right absolutely what about through like facebook or like instagram like uh no there's like so everybody's doing reels now it seems to be because it's almost yeah. like they're trying to like uh, piggyback off of tiktok um is there any value notice on doing reels
1: I mean, yeah, definitely like in, it's all about like the algorithms and whatnot. And Now, Instagram's like favoring um, video content and kind of just like the same thing. It's just kind of getting it out there and like as much as you can put out um, definitely like quality content over quantity, I would say. But literally even just like posting every day or like the community thing, just like texting yeah. um, kind of just like because like and it'll putting it on every platform obviously is different. Um, and it like, it always feels like a lot if you're posting on every single platform, but the odds that what, like someone that follows you on all of them, probably not unless they're a super fan. And then like the odds that people are going to see them all the time. No, like. True. Right. And that makes sense in my head, but just like putting out as much as possible. And then, you know, you never know what one TikTok will pop off or what, like one post will get shared by someone else. And then like, that'll like gain something else and something else. And just like. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> do you think that there's, like, a... Having,
1: I think, like, the, having interesting stuff, like, yeah. you know, behind the scenes, or, like, this is a song, or, like, things that aren't just, hey, the album's coming out, or, hey, new single, but it's, like, here's us recording our single, like, six months ago, here's how I feel about this, like, here's us singing the single. Like, just, there's so many different things that you can do. So, I'd yeah. say, like, not being, like, as stagnant with, like, you know, your basic release campaign, like, singles coming right. out six months that kind of thing but just like also being fun and like authentic and letting like the artist personality like shine through as well and like what the song was like meant to be yeah, about. Like, getting that out there kind of before
0: yeah you know, like, absolutely yeah I, I love talking <laughs> about <totally>
1: like,
0: <laughs> no it's okay it's okay I love talking about unique things because like I'm I just like, I love new ideas. Like I love coming up with new ideas. Like they're just going to be more attention grabbers. Uh, some of the things that like, you know, as, as like a manager that I've uh, brought to like uh, artists, you know, said, Hey, merge table, like to get people there bring like a video game, you know what I mean? Or like with a little TV yeah. and then like just do super mario competition or something you know and just like get you know give away shirts and in, in, in exchange for that because at that point you're not necessarily you in, um, know interfering with like you know the bands that are playing you're just trying to provide some kind of engagement and people come to your merch table and just talk to people you exactly. know exactly um but that type of engagement rolls over to uh social media stuff you have to kind of carry that through you know, it's a follow up. It's like the it's first like a string thing kind of is, is how I yeah, try to think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the first thing you learn in any type of business school. You know, it's the follow up. You know, there's that initial engagement and then, you know, that personalization, you know, I, oh, I relate to you in this way, you know, yeah. so that becomes a memory. And then when you follow up, you've got them. And then that you've got them for a long time. Hook, sinker. <laughs> yep, exactly. Hook, line, and sinker. Yep, exactly. So, finding unique ways to be able to do that uh, in person and through social media, that's where bands have to kind of come together as creative individuals and say, okay, how do we do this that relates to our brand, you know, the relates to what we're trying to do and, you know, capture the people that already love us? Let's just make it more of a memory because totally. there's so much oversaturation in the music industry, you have to stand out. And it's good artists most of the time. 95% of the time is good, good artists of oversaturation. <laughs> most you know, of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> but that component's still there where you have to be like, okay, well, if I want to make this a business, if I want to, you know, play tours and play with one of my favorite bands, I have to try to think of all these other strategies.
1: And yeah, so. like what makes you different? And what can you like provide people that, you know, someone else can't?
0: yeah exactly yeah so so to kind of go back a little bit into your early days of um, getting into the music industry uh you worked for McGee entertainment and then chuck town music group right so yes. can you go into a little bit more of how that shaped your understanding of artist management and even event planning
1: yeah Um, Yeah, so Chok Chok Music Group was the Mark Bryan from Hootie and the Blowfish. That was his company. And it's really funny because one of the artists they manage is one that I manage now. um, Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, cool full circle thing. And then McGee Entertainment um, was Scott Scott and Doc McGee, um, their main client was Kiss. And Hootie and the Blowfish was also um, under them, which is funny, just like all the connections. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, I was definitely more of like a fly on the wall for – the, that one at McGee, I think I was, like, 18 or 19, um, and I was, like, living in Nashville and interning for the summer, but just, like, to be around, like, all these different things, and that was, like, def, that was like my first, like, exposure into, like, the real, like, music industry and just, like, yeah, what was going yeah. on. Um, but, I mean, I did, like, all the admin stuff, like, calendars and, like, mailroom stuff. I mean, sure. I was just, like, happy to be there, um, and, of course, it's how you have to start, but I was, like, hey, I noticed, like, you're talking on the phone about this. Like, what, how does that work? um and just kind of like learning by kind of like osmosis um because i was just kind of like there for anyone who like needed things but then uh mostly was just like able to like learn about these different things or like they were doing like cma fest and like Mm. i had never thought about just that's kind of where i learned like there's so much that you could do in music that you don't even think about exactly Uh, but yeah i mean Or they'd have like new artists come in and like, I'd get to sit in on like, kind of like the artist development sort of panels, which I really liked. Um, yeah, yeah. it it was so long ago. I was like trying to think what else I did, but a lot of it really was just like emailing and like, Sure. uh, but it's definitely
0: helped, like, uh, give you a better understanding of how how the world works, you know, in terms of artist management, you know, that's cool. Have you ever done uh, things like, uh, like launch, you've been to any of those types of like music conferences um, mm-hmm. or like a pole star or anything like that?
1: No, I never went to Polestar. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I've never.
0: Yeah. I, I was, ta- I don't remember who I was talking about. They were talking about how, Oh, maybe it was Trevor Swenson. I don't know. But anyway, they were talking about there's, mm-hmm. there's value in some of those things, you know, as like, either you're like a, being a booking agent or an artist manager of some sort, you know, some of them are expensive. To get into, um, but it's the networking component of it.
1: Yeah, put yourself in a room with people that do what you want to do. Yeah, kind of like what I always say, or like surround yourself with, you know, people who are doing what you want to do. And then,
0: yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think we have time for one more question, which is crazy. An hour has already passed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, what advice would you give to somebody who is trying to get into? Anything in the entertainment industry, whether it's artist management, booking, you know, uh, stagehand, whatever. What kind of advice would you give?
1: Uh, Just do it. Go be around it. If you want to, you know, if you want to start doing merch, if you like, if you want to be a touring merch person, go to your local shows. Ask the band, hey, do you need merch? Like, do you need help? Like, I'll totally help you. Like, just go out to shows and, again, talk to people. Offer, you know, whatever you can offer. Because there's a lot of bands that need a lot of things they might not even know that they need it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: like, hey, like, let me like again, like, let me do your merch if you want to like work at a venue. Hey, do you need help like cleaning or like anything at all? Just like to get your foot in the door. And yes, um, don't be afraid. I mean, kind of might not be good advice, but don't be afraid to do it for free for a little yep. bit until, you right. know, you realize that. You are providing value and whatnot, but that's kind of just like how you have to get started is just like, go put yourself in the situation that you want to be in and tell people what you want to do. And hopefully it should like spiral from there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Really just getting out and and putting your your feet on the ground and doing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I think that segues too into the BAMS. You know, of, uh, especially the, the cleaning and the helping of things like at the end of the show, you know, I've always told the bands that I've worked with to ask the promoter if they need anything before you leave, yep. you know, whether it's helping clean the venue, you know, uh, helping other bands put their gear in their, in their trailer because those little things like help make you stand out. You know, it's the professionalism that the promoter is going to remember like, damn. I've had I've been booking bands for so many years, and I can only mention five bands that have ever. Done <laughs> where,
1: yeah, practice. nice.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it, it, when you create that memory, it, it allows them to give you that next step of okay, when you're back in town again. We'll you put know, you on a better bill. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah,
1: it's being nice, leaving a good trail of. of Wherever you yeah.
0: go. Don't be a shitty human. That's number yeah. one. That's really <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, you provide a lot of value in your question and your answers. And uh, I think a lot of our audience will, will resonate with it and be able to take it and run with it. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And I hope yeah. I'll see you, I gotta see you at a show soon.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, uh, I'll you up when I'm in Tennessee, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, you're in South Carolina, right? Yeah.
1: I'm all around. You're all
0: around. <laughs> Sweet, thanks.